This week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast is brought to you by the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. The Craft Beer Marketing Awards was founded in 2019 and is the only global awards competition to celebrate and focus on the growing importance of craft beer marketing and design strategy as a key to success in standing out among other brands on the market shelf. Co-founded by Jim McCunn and Jackie De Bella, the CBMS is the only global scale marketing competition to put a spotlight on the growing critical aspect of creative marketing as key to breweries' business success. Boasting a judging panel of over 500 beverage and beer industry professionals worldwide in over 24 countries, making the CBMAS the largest awards program of its kind in the world, with well-known judges including Ralph Steadman, David Carson, Tara Nurin, Zane Lumfrey, and John Cotino. Entries are divided up into five regions across the globe, the Americas, United Kingdom, Europe, APAC, and MENA. The upcoming awards celebration will take place the week of 2022 Craft Brewers Conference in May in Minneapolis, Minnesota, USA. For more information, go to craftbeermarketingawards.com. Hi there, and welcome to the I'll Try That podcast. This week, we are heading to Sussex to try... Harvey's, uh, which is a family-owned brewery. We have a large selection of their beers to sample uh, today, but I will hand over to Matthew Barber. Thanks, mate. Who has got a hop topic for us. Now, lads, it can't have escaped your attention, and for those of the uh, listenership, that this year is a special year. Can you tell us why? Um, Winter Olympics? It's a very good answer, but it's not the one we're looking for. Um, the launch of Travis's beer is also not the reason why. We all know 2022 is going to be a landmark year, but okay, what particular reason am I looking for that you have to figure out? Not a clue. Think about royalty. Oh, the Queen. It's a jubilee, isn't it? Yay! Hey, we got there. Queen's jubilee. So, what is? Let's be honest. What's the best way to celebrate the Queen's jubilee? With beer, of course. Uh, with beer. We talked about this. I think last year we uh, got yeah, two days off work. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Bank holiday is going to be an absolute blinder. I think we mentioned in 2021, there was the Sandringham estate we're doing um, a, a, beer a, a beer So Cool Game was going to have our own beer. Um, but there is, um, actually this is just an announcement of a new beer uh, put together by the Winsen, Winsen? By the Windsor and Eaton Brewery. Ooh. Mm. So obviously close to home for the Queen. Exactly. It's um, like Eaton Mess, because that is a fantastic dessert. Would would be lovely. I'm not sure that would involve a lot of sediment. I think, and <laughs> and again, for my taste, probably a little bit sweet. Yeah. But um, I quite like the idea of of yeah, play to your strengths. But um, any guesses for the name? It's not obvious. Interesting. Your Majesty. <laughs> Queenie's Brew. Queenie's Brew. No. Um. I to be honest, we could go around with guesses all day. It's called Castle Hill. Um, uh, okay. We are talking about. Well, yeah, but the thing is, just you, it's Her Majesty you're talking about. It's you got can, to be respectful, right? Yeah, this is not yeah. Be so and and, and a little bit classic. So, like, I yeah. quite like the idea of eating mess, but you cannot associate anything with the Queen as being a mess. No, like, sorry, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't give negative. You wouldn't have a name. There's not so, a close enough negative. link between East and yeah. Mess and the Queen. Yeah, exactly. whereas Castle, you do think of the Queen. Uh, so, beer today, uh, who I believe broke this story, had an interview with Will Calvert, who's the who's the co-founder. Uh, we've created a glorious beer that will appeal to a really wide audience. The Queen is a great supporter of the Commonwealth, so the recipe includes barley grown at the Royal Farm in Windsor. Uh, and a selection of wild hops, including Pacific Jade from New Zealand. 
As a finishing touch, we are using champagne yeast to create a beer that's platinum pale in colour and refreshing in, in taste. And as you know, it's champagne from the champagne region in Greater England. <laughs> <laughs> well, the yeast is the the yeast comes from that neck of the woods, or is it then it just sparkling raising agent? Otherwise, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so aren't on there the, um, the vents called champagne spray, which is where you go and you buy bottles of champagne and supposedly because you show how rich you are, you just shake them everywhere. Can I do that with champagne yeast and just go to these events and just throw so, yeast yeah. everywhere? I imagine so. I imagine they also the yeast will come in like these small packets. You just basically throw little packets, yeah, <laughs> like instead of com- confetti or. Yeah. 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 They wouldn't be the oh, yeah. first. They wouldn't be the first, though, would they? Because Curious Brew uh, make a, or is Curious Brew the name of the beer which is made with champagne? Actually, I think it might be aged in champagne casks. Is that oh, that would be sound, nice. That would be interesting. You know, it is pretty good. Mm. It is pretty good. I've not seen it for a long time. You'd have thought something like that has got a bit of a hook, mm. and you would see bit of sold a, a bit of a buzz and a fizz exactly. about it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're, you're effervescent today, Joseph. But there you go. There is, you know, a timely um, uh, acknowledgement of uh, Her Majesty's significant milestone, Castle Hill, uh, as made by. And the, so that's the seventy Disney. years, isn't it, this year? Yeah, which is pretty exactly. Long. That's a that's a long time doing any it's job. Very long. Yeah, and and so obviously Windsor's. Anyone know this Windsor Castle, which is mm. one of her primary residences. Yeah, um, which is on the Buckingham Palace. She's probably on the Sandringham Estate. Mm. That one up in Scotland. I have forgotten what that's called actually. Balmoral. Balmoral. Thank you. And Windsor Castle yeah. is one of her yeah. main ones. So this is yeah. So the actual type of beer itself, not a phrase I've, I'm familiar with, but a platinum. Pale ale. Well, I mean, they're playing the word. It's platinum. the name of the platinum yeah, seventy yeah, years. Yeah, play on that. Yeah, but the pale ale, that's interesting. Exactly. And Wheaton and e- uh, Windsor, Wheaton and Eaton, Wheaton and Eaton, <laughs> Windsor and Eaton is quite a. Um, I've been to the brewery. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, quite a local like gem. I would say like big, very popular. Obviously, of course, around the, the Windsor and, and kind of Greater London area. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, they they don't they don't come across as a, and they aren't. I should say like a deep craft brewer no, they are yeah. a traditional set you know that they've been brewing for a long time i imagine they're pro- very popular locally so it seems like a really good fit actually you know mm. this is not like the queen's gone to brew dog and said right make me a diamond maybe something yeah kind of like punk out ipa but really not yeah <laughs> i would really like to see the queen get a tiny rebel yeah the brewery and yeah. go, make me my beer yeah, yeah. Be that would great. be another way of kind of think maybe they're not in the commonwealth but wales is you know, yeah a bridge across there Hello, Divide. I would like a swan-flavoured beer, please. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to happen, actually, is it? No, no. no. <laughs> well, Just because who knows what swan tastes like. Also, well, she does. Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah, she's exactly. going to eat it. <laughs> I don't think she can eat it. Is she, you're, basically, no one else is allowed to kill one. Yeah. So I mean, you'd have to have some fairly dark tendencies to want to just kill a swan for no yeah. reason. They're quite vicious, but... No luck killing them swans, then. Well, have you met anyone who's had their arm broken by a swan? I haven't. It's not personal. No. I've heard that this is a, an urban myth that they can they can do some damage. Yeah, like, like in, but, but the thing about break, the thing about breaking an arm was just I, it almost as if someone picked something arbitrarily that was believable. Yeah. But like it wasn't. It could snap your neck. It was. Do you like, think if you get your arm broken by a swan, you've earned the right to eat it? <laughs> uh, no, because you lost. Okay. Yeah. I, I think if if anything, the swan has earned the right to eat you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll write a letter to uh, uh, Liz and uh, see what she says. I don't think she'll reply. <laughs> 
Someone might yeah. on her behalf. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, Mr. maybe just please stop writing yeah, to us, dear, Mr. Dear Barber. Mr. Barber. We've had enough of this. Please cease and desist. Let's glide on into the pursuit of happiness. Or swan on into this pursuit of happiness. Oh, this guy. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about Harvey's. So I moved to Kent uh, about a year ago. And Kent is... Not Sussex. Is not Sussex, <laughs> but it's inundated with Harvey's. Harvey's is everywhere. Um, and Harvey's is originally from Lewes. It is the... Lewis. Thank you, Lewis. Uh, again, I've only moved there quite recently. Um, <laughs> so your little comments are not appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> We're all here to learn, Matthew. Well, no, I just, I, I've, no, I've always... I've made exactly the same mistake a long time ago. Harvey's Brewery is the oldest independent brewery in Sussex, still a family business. The brewery has been in the guardianship of seven generations of John Harvey's descendants since 1790, with five family members from the seventh and eighth generations currently working at the brewery. Oh, wow. So they're still privately owned limited companies, and Harvey's has no shares marketed for external investment, so still very much in the grasp grasp of the family business. So... I've got six beers in front of me that I brought for us all to try. I've got... I mean, let, let me just run through and I'll let yeah, you guys yeah, film it. What I want to get from you guys is what is your first impressions just looking at Harvey's, okay? So we have their their main beer, I would say. The one that you'll probably most find across bottles, mini kegs in on tap and draft is really, really big for, for Harvey's. So it's called Sussex Best. It's a bitter... It's a blend of four local hops uh, that creates, as they say, a superbly balanced bitter. We've got on our table as well the Harvey's IPA, which is light and refreshing. They say it's meant to be a delicate, grassy and earthy hop aroma. We'll test that one out. We've got a dark mild, which is a malty and mellow, uh, meant to be quite soft and slightly sweet with a dry and nutty aftertaste. Mm. Um, the Old Ale, rich and dark, which we had a keg of um, when you guys came over. Actually, we had the Sussex Best and we had the Old Ale, which is their rich and dark, so it's quite soft and full-bodied. Hints of dried fruits and dates. Uh, and then we've got two beers that are still very much Harvey's through and through, but they look quite different in a Harvey's way to the rest of the, the, the portfolio so far. So we've got two beers here. One that's a Tom Payne, which is a full multi-palate and a bitterness... To match. Not sure, mm. quite sure what kind of beer that is, but we'll we'll have a look at that in a second. And Olympia, which is a freshing a refreshingly and light golden ale, a hoppy summer favourite. So maybe these are their like seasonal beers, a Tom Payne and an Olympia. Mm. So I guess I can circle back to you boys. What do you think of when you and your first impressions when you look at these bottles? They are very, very British. When you look at them, they are I can say smart and sensible. There's other words that, that uh, come to mind for me. They feel very like their design of the bottle feels very minimalist skin essence for mm. what it is. Also, they're not that out there. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. they're not outrageous labels. They're not funky or crazy designs. They're very much. It feels like they're saying we are beer. This is beer. Drink the beer. Yeah, um, but they're also like it's not they don't look tired and old. No, right? yeah, like it's obviously quite a you know like a, a brewery that's quite literally been around for a very very long time. But you know this is like they're using full color 
you know, mm. across it. They haven't like relegated color to be like a supplementary thing. Like mm. the Harvey's best bitter is this like quite interesting aquary turquoise color. Mm. Um, you know, we've got the the old ale, Richard Dark, which is this bright red mm. um, one. So they are adding elements to it, which yeah. is you know quite unusual, I suppose, for a brewery that's been around. But as you're saying, quite a quite a, um, a thoughtful and considered way. Mm. I mean, it's there's no doubt about who's made them. In each case, is it that's no. like your headline, and then underneath it's tell you what what iteration of their their beer they're going for. I can't quite see. I'm going to move to see the uh, the white label. Yeah, um, a picture of the brewery tends to go down yeah. pretty well as well, yeah. doesn't it? So for particularly for Sussex Best, because mm-hmm. um, that's also their what did we say? What maybe their um, flagship almost? That's it. It is. It's their best bitter, mm-hmm. as it would be. Um, which, as we've covered like before, a is a quite I'm a very traditional it. English drink. Actually, is a bit is a bitter, um, and actually, as bitters go, it's it doesn't taste like, you know, a John Smith's or a, mm. um, what are the other bitters we've had on this podcast? Tetley's. Tetley's. Well, that's like a smooth, isn't it? Whereas the best bitter would be. I always think of things like London Pride is the best bitter, isn't it? Yeah, London Pride. I always think of. They think do of have London one. Yeah. Bollington. That's uh, that is a bitter, but it'd be a smooth bitter. A smooth bitter, yeah. yeah. Because it's, it's not like a smooth, is it? Mm. So diving back into the history of it, that they've actually been brewing, you know, since uh, the time of George III, William Blake and Jane nice. Austen. Um, so apparently, what's the name of the town? Lewis. Lewis was known as a rebellious little town nestled in the Sussex Downs. So the name of Harvey had, has long been associated with the supply of beers, wines and spirits in Sussex. The family originated from London, but records of the 1970s, sorry, 1790s, recall the delivery of Old Red Port, Sherry and Claret in Lewis and its surrounding villages. I really like to describe the whole town of being rebellious. Yeah. I just imagine them all to be slightly like, oh, we're not going to conform to the norm. Yeah. That's the... And they give a list here of like the original Harvey houses, which must be like their pups back in the back in the day. Oh, There's quite okay, a substantial yeah. list here, actually. Yeah. Just showing you, showing the boys that there. It's probably yeah. like ten plus. Yeah, ten plus. Yeah. Yeah. So at that time, having that many pubs to sell your beers in, that's a. Yeah. They've always been quite a <laughs> bit of vertical, a, vertical integration. Yeah. Yeah, and <clears throat> and definitely, you know, if the Sussex Kent area, you know, you're going to find Harveys. It's like their stronghold, as it were, in the in the English uh, English country is that also i might have to do a little further research on this but that's we're we're tasting the thomas Paine or it's the tom Paine yeah, beer Payne. which he i believe was an english american born political activist Correct. and his writings was a, was a bit of a catalyst for the american revolution that's what it that's what it said so it's originally re- released for independence day Oh, okay. Uh, in yeah. the US, so it, it's it's the, it launched the concept of seasonal brews for one month only at Harvey's. Yeah. So this oh, okay. was their original seasonal brew, right? Okay, to yeah. commemorate, yeah, the, uh, the Independence Day. Yeah, because it's a bit of a well. That, I'm just thinking, linking back to the rebellious little town where this uh, chap was uh, encouraging the uh, breakaway from or uh, for the US. So I found this quite interesting that actually they've they've, they've put on a big section on their website. Um, that's titled 1901 to 1980, Women in Charge. Uh, And they're saying that by the 1920s, the company was heavily mortgaged and its few pubs were in a poor state of repair. It's not Um, doing too well. Not doing too well at that point. So at the time of its incorporation in 1928, 
Alice, Elsie, and Nora, three of John Maxfield Smith's daughters, I guess, you know, were running Harvey's. Yeah. So actually, they had three women running Harvey's Brewery during this time, which At the is time that was game changing. Uh, yeah. That's unheard of on that point. Um, so it was it was she and her sisters who decided to make two crucial appointments that ultimately led to Harvey's long uh, survival and long term prosperity. So they're just saying, I guess, that you know this this ushered in um, the what they refer to as the Harvey's revival yeah. from that period onwards. I've now sampled all of the beers mm. we've, we've got out in front of us, and I would say there is a distinctive taste that comes from every single one of them. Mm-hmm. I can sit. I sit every single one, and I started the first one. I was like, oh, okay, that's the second Where one. did you start? So I started with the original, the Sussex Best, um, which are, which is their best, their, their most profitable, the best one. Mm. And then I kind of moved my way along the table, mm. sampling each one, and they they all taste different, but there is a slightly underlying flavour yeah. that is consistent across all of the Harveys. It's like they've gone right. We've got this nice tasting beer here mm. we're going to slightly adapt each one but i can definitely tell that it's a harvey's beer from the initial taste that i got of each one i couldn't agree more and actually do you know what brewery sprung to mind when i was tasting these beers and thinking about the, the background the heritage you have a, have a guess maybe come from a place called southwold Southwell Brewery. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that's going to really bug me because I know who that is and I can't think of... Um, not Adnams. It is Adnams. It's Adnams, it is, yeah. And so every Adnams beer, although very different in there, like, has an Adnams thread to yeah. it. We had that Christmas beer from, by M&S, which yeah, was yeah. an Adnams beer. Yeah. And yeah. that tasted like an Adnams beer. So there's something about these long-standing breweries that... Everything they make has an underlying thread yeah. between them that feels and like vulnerable to them, which is actually is really distinctive in itself. That yeah. there is a, you know, it's very difficult to have like a taste palette that is ownable to someone. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Well, yeah, and that's and that's surprising because we, we try lots and lots of breweries on this podcast, and we try all of their beers, and all of their beers taste different. There's not a consistent thread to mm. go through all of them, but Harvey's mm. has that underlying flavour that it's it's almost mm. the aftertaste. It's not yeah. so much the initial hit, mm-hmm. it's the aftertaste of every single one of these beers. We've got six in front of us, and I could sip all of them, <clears throat> and they would all taste different, but they kind of all end the same, Yeah, which is which is impressive. Where are you leaning more towards? Because we've got a whole selection here. I'm, I like the best I like the best bitter, so that's why okay. I find myself leaning first. Which, you know, you, you'd be fitting into the highest category that they have, because that's probably their best-selling beer as well. Um, I think their IPA is quite an interesting one. It's obviously a... Uh, not a hoppy, you know, Citra, Simcoe, yeah. you know, hopped IPA. So, you know, they're saying that their IPA was actually once a mainstay brand of countless traditional breweries, as we know. You know, we've covered it, what the, the traditions yeah. and the heritage of IPA before. But it was always often referred to as an ordinary bitter, you know, so by way of differentiation. So if you've got a best bitter being a type of drink, and then IPA at that time was known as a ordinary bitter, which I didn't know. That's quite interesting, actually. Um... That there, there is little that is ordinary about it when it comes to an ordinary um, beer. So they say that with their IPA, they're using premium malted barley's and local aroma hops, um, trying to light and refreshing. So I can kind of get more. It's more hoppiness yeah. in an IPA as you'd expect. But you know, as we covered, that's just really the kind of the style of the beer rather than any kind of Indian influence. Yeah, I think I'm what I am registering myself as their 
like unique flavor is is to do with the hot profile so i think i'm kind of liking these ones that are a little more malty mm. so i'm also now just trying the tom Payne, um which again i don't even know what yeah we said we're not completely clear on what um type of beer that is but then equally for the the dark uh winter beer as well that's that's quite nice i think it's got a little more malt going on i i think i'm going to go a little bit off field for my personal taste buds tonight mm. I'll throw out that I'm not the biggest fan of all of these Harvey's beers. I mm. think they they're they're fine mm. would be would be my description. But I'm really really swinging towards the old ale, interesting dark, mm. which isn't something I would normally go towards. I'm very much a yeah, that's not like, fan. Ruby that's not like you at all. And all that sort of stuff, but. The old ale, rich and dark, is I think the one I prefer the most oh. out of. All of the beer that is interesting is it because I'm getting that like quite it's quite a, like nutty as more of a yeah like a, a more of a hit with it and even though that hit is um is is that kind of darker more complex you know flavor profile it's uh, it stands out the most yeah I think that's what I'm really finding is actually out of all of the six that we're having as you said there's a common theme they are different in their own right but actually that one stands out the most out of the rest of mm. the the rest mm. of the flavor profile. It- it's the one most different from mm. all of their other beers. It's the one that I find the most unique. Yeah. It's probably again with the stuff that we do on on this show is is it stands out because we do a lot of pale ales. Mm. We do yeah. a lot of pale ales, IPAs, West Coast IPAs, American IPAs. So to do something which is um, um, what I think of as being um, the more multi beer mm-hmm. it's kind of in in an area that we don't deal with as frequently as, no, we, yeah. as we find ourselves dealing with um on a week by week basis it's interesting because obviously this is you know this is i guess looking at the six on the table this is angled towards a different type of consumer yeah yeah you, know, you can um, the label tells you that i suppose doesn't it it's not like you've got um tiny rebel um <laughs> artwork over the front I'm making energy drinks yeah. yeah exactly and and i'd say actually for for that that group of of consumers just to kind of profile I guess and be a bit you know will be a bit stereotypical it's fair to say you know that they are probably they were quite a you know, bit, bit wealthier than your average yeah. consumer um, you know they probably are quite they, they gravitate towards the same type of like they're quite brand loyal in a yeah. lot of ways yeah. like, especially their brewery loyalty um, so actually and, and, and they usually would probably have like when it comes to their types of beer they'd usually have a favourite and they'd stick yeah. with it but actually to show that Harvey's has got six beers that will cater towards that that type of consumer. Yeah. I think shows that you know those those consumers, more traditional consumers, let's say, who might have only ever had one, maybe two options, yeah. but are looking for more options in that sphere. Is I mean, that's not too dissimilar from what we're understanding. Is like you know, looking for a Naper, a double no, dry yeah. hopped IPA. You know, they're just looking for something in this this lane. But just 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 a question for Alan. Do we think this is a this kind of brewing will survive? My thinking is that I, I, I don't think it will. Yes, they have a core market right now of people who are looking for that and everything like that. But we look at maybe new and up-and-coming drinkers and everything along those lines. Do we think it's going to be consistent or are we going to be looking at a decline? I've been... I've, I'm wrestling, It's a good question because I wrestle with this a lot because you look at these other breweries that we think who've been around for hundreds of years, right? 150 years, Adnams, you know, 100, you know, 180 or whatever years. This is with Harvey's. I've forgotten exactly the number. So, and you think, oh, you know, but they've been around this amount of time. Yeah. Yes, okay, right now, when we're looking at and we're segmenting up the 
beer market in the UK, you'd put yourself in, are you in a craft beer market? Yeah. Are you in a premium bottled ale and cask market, right? And there's something to say about, actually, this is where I'm looking at, I'm pointing at the bottled ales. This is actually where a lot of the money is. And still is. Although craft beer is the growing yeah. subcategory of beer in the in the UK market and in most markets, this is still heartland. There's still and I know we're saying right dying off and you know going away, but actually that spans probably like about a 50, 60 year gap yeah. of people. I, I was gonna say I think there's always gonna be a market for beers like this, mm. but I think the range of what it is is going to shrink because there is we're, we're going to stick to a Yes, an old English heritage. This is the beer. This is what beer used to be and used to take like, taste like. But I think there's so much of a market, and I think people's taste buds are going to change. And I think there's so much of a market for craft beer that is just growing mm. at the moment. And the amount of flavors and choice and options. I'm, I'm, oh, sorry, Matt. I'm going to just respectfully not not disagree too hard, but uh, I think these guys will always be here. Yeah. And actually, it's yeah. your beer drinkers typically. Um, your craft beer drinkers versus your what should we call this? Yeah, I, I, I affectionately call it the ale drinkers, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, premium bottled ale is yeah, exactly. that category. Yeah. I'm not saying the, the 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 craft beer industry is absolutely blowing up, but I also think that they um, that as a sort of sector of the market are the ones who are going to be more vocal, the ones you're going to hear about more. Absolutely, they're the silent majority, maybe the ale drinkers, and I think a lot of your beer drinkers as a whole population. Mm-hmm. This is the sort of stuff that they're going to grow into. Yeah, I also For think me. as well. Like this is this is the premium bottled version of craft right now. You know, yeah. like you're seeing six beers on the table, which is all within a certain lane, but very but different. If you like these different things, so I, I think actually what we're seeing is is an influence. Like these older, more established breweries reacting this is the reaction to what's happened over the last 10 15 years of craft brewer and the, and the grow of it they're they're looking at their portfolio maybe they only ever had you know the, the sussex best yeah. bitter and now they've got this six at least six beers they have more you know looking yeah. at their website I, th- I think the way the way i'm thinking i was when i first started drinking first started getting to ale and beer i was very much i would only stick to the traditional kinds of beer mm. that had been out there brewed but now as i've moved through i've realized this 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 is my own personal opinion that there is better brewers and better craft beer creators out there and i've gone from liking the traditional and enjoying the traditional to now moving forward into the more experimental Mm. more newer the more breweries that are creating these different kinds of beers these different fresher beers i feel i feel a lot of this tastes very similar to me and there's always, I think there's just an underlying taste to it all. And I think there are more exciting things out. But my, my taste buds have, this my, as I said, my personal yeah. opinion, my taste buds have changed and I, I prefer something a little bit more different. I, more I'd be there. interested, actually, I think you'll find yourself probably gravitating back towards these kind of beers yeah. in a, at a certain age group. Mm-hmm. I think you'll find that that... that want a need for you know incredibly different you know bubblegum yeah. IPAs or this well, stuff I've never hate that well so, <laughs> yeah. what you said, I mean, yeah no yeah you term like better better craft brewers and I think you're talking about the craft beer industry so like these guys have been around for a long time and as Matt said I think they'll be around for a lot longer yeah. obviously they're looking around to see well what can we do to ensure we are around for another 100 150 years yeah um, I think this is Harvey's answer to it you know is they say well we'll provide more around our heartland of beers. Mm. Um, 
and I hope it works out for them long term, you know, but it is, a, as as we know with this, all of this is a bit of a guessing game, but at least with Harvey's, you've got that heartland. Yeah. You know, like I don't think Harvey's is looking to be become the new, you know, billion dollar, billion pound no, company yeah. all around the world. Like they're like, this is our heartland. They've been yeah. in Sussex, the southwest of, uh, southeast of England for many generations. And I think that's where they'll continue. They, they're not looking to grow and no. all be, even just to... Yeah be all over the UK like it's just a case of well this is it if you want to come into this area you'll probably yeah, grab yourself yeah. a Harvey's they're not going to go and sit and compete with Brewdog are they well they don't want, no, to. They don't want to yeah sorry the, 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 not that they should just be the benchmark for everything but they end up being they? yeah well, well that's it because they're the top one and this hits into that like craft beer scene as yeah. you say bro um, but yeah I mean they have their heartland and I think they've done enough with this range of beers that are very Harvey's to, to kind of cater to their consumers yeah no that's it, yeah, I, I completely agree with that analogy. It's the, they, they, they do hit the nail on the head for what they do. And that's all we have time for in this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, Barber, and Simo, goodbye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, I'll Try That Podcast.com, and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now. <laughs>